Millions of frontline workers keep our economy running and are provided with the latest technology to do their jobs. But digital adoption, especially by frontline workers, is really hard. This is Frontline Innovators. We explore how to overcome challenges and achieve success when we empower our essential workers. I'm Justin Lake. And I'm Gene Signorini. Together, we speak with experts who are leading the way and driving digital transformation to the front line. This podcast is sponsored by Skillful on a mission to help frontline workers learn and use the technology needed to succeed in their jobs. I'm your host, Gene Signorini, and as always, I'm excited about our show. Our guest today is an industry thought leader and highly skilled strategist who's an innovator in digital AI, machine learning, chatbots, and mobile apps. He's currently CEO at Unvired Inc. Please welcome to the program, Alok Pant. Alok, thanks for joining us today. Gene, thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to our conversation. I'm excited as well. Um, Alok, we always like to kind of kick off the program with kind of our big question. Um, a lot's happening, obviously, uh, these days when it comes to technology, particularly when it comes to the frontline workforce. What I'd love to get your take on is what do you see as the biggest challenge facing the deskless workforce today? All right. So there's a couple of challenges, and uh, let me try to um, talk to some of the more prominent ones. So I think the biggest challenge that we are finding is um, that um, the enterprises today are focusing a lot on the whole um, customer experience, and that translates into employee experience, right? So you have the field worker there, and especially with COVID and the paper and you know um, the lack of paper now, everything is being pushed to digital and mobile. So I think that's what's driving everything then, the whole digitalization of business processes and how do you enable the field service worker to do their work even more productively anytime while at the same time maintaining safety, compliance, and again, customer experience. You know, people want to deliver a, a delightful customer experience, right? So especially coming from Amazon, the whole customer obsession. So that's what we are finding is that enterprise, enterprises want their field service workers to be empowered at the point of delivery to deliver, you know, excellent customer service and that experience. Now, Alok, I agree. I mean, we've, we've certainly seen that as well. Um, was this a trend? I mean, how much do you think it has been accelerated because of COVID and the pandemic? Was this a trend we were kind of seeing beforehand and now it's just, it's just kind of come to the forefront even more so? Um, yes. So the trend was there. But what we've seen in the last two years, especially the last 12 months, as people have, you know, have people have um, begun to figure out COVID, and now it's like, okay, now we need to, you know, counter it and and and, and take advantage of whatever uh, opportunity there is um, that COVID is giving us in terms of business processes. Clearly, an acceleration. So what we are finding is that, um, you know, people we are getting different use cases. Uh, people uh, want to do, you know. Um, to digital customer experience, whether it's employee, even partner experience. So yes, there has been an acceleration. We are finding more uh, customer inquiries and even RFPs on from the web. So the short answer is yes. And and what sort of, so, you know, you talk about that acceleration, right? What are the challenges that that has on the frontline workforce itself? Yeah, so I think we see four or five challenges. Um, the first one is really about Making sure that the that the that the field service worker is is able to do their work effectively. What does that really mean? So as you 
as you know that the field service worker typically there's a high turnover right people are joining in and out um, and also <clears throat> and these people are sometimes are not very uh, skilled at using different technologies so i think the first thing is how do you um, how do you make the the field service worker effective right how do you train them so that's one on the employee front um, also equally important is that whole user adoption change management yes you have a great mobile app and you're rolling it out at scale right to thousands of users you know it could be a beverage company right it could be for example you know uh, direct store delivery right and mobilizing that process so how do you get these people trained up front and then as you know app processes change applications are enhanced right frequently how do you keep the field service worker the existing ones the current ones trained on the new the new features and also while at the same time bringing in onboarding the people who are constantly coming in given the churn so i think we see uh, the the user adoption as a big challenge and then user adoption uh, within user adoption is that whole area of change management right so how do you and the training right and how do you train these field service workers so uh, lastly the other challenge is how do you deploy these apps yes the apps have been developed and companies are you know are trying to see is the best way a public store is it a private store do i use a you know mobile device management solution so how do i deploy how do i distribute my apps right so so you can develop them but then how do you distribute them and how do i train my employees and manage that whole change yeah that's great and and obviously you know you know we see a lot of that because that's what we do it's it's skillful so we're kind of very tapped into that a question i have for you on that is how aware do you think um, your customers are when it comes to that part of the challenge, right? I think so many, you know, from my perspective is so many companies are focused on, you know, identifying the transformation opportunities, right? Selecting the technology, going through that, that they seem to overlook some of the challenges around change management and user adoption. Is that, is that changing now? Are companies becoming more aware or is it something that, you know, you still kind of need to kind of say, hey, guys, don't forget this part of the equation. So I think I would grade it five out of 10. OK, okay? so um, so what we have what we have found previously is that especially with our um, some of our earlier customers, change management wasn't on top of the mind. Yeah, it was more user training. And uh, it was like, hey, can you give me documentation? Will we get videos and all that? Right. So a little simpler approach to training, but effective. Uh, but lately we are finding, especially in the RFPs that we get, there is inevitably a section on OCM, organizational change management. They want us to address how we will address that. Do we understand the importance of OCM and how does that fit in, in the overall project management plan? So clearly we are finding that requirement. So yes, uh, customers are recognizing the change management need, but it's typically we find in larger, larger deals, RFPs, if it's a smaller application, um, customers are you know, sometimes not fully aware and what we like to do is we, we will sit up front with the customer and tell them, listen, we want you to be successful, but please understand that just having the app is not enough, right? You have to, we have to make sure that your employees are trained on the app, right? And perhaps there is a better way than just videos and documentation. Um, and maybe, you know, you, maybe you need to look at a training platform. So we like to educate our customers because ultimately if only if they are successful, you know, will we be successful? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point, right? Is that in some cases it's, it's, becoming in the purview of the vendor really to educate customers on the importance of that because just like you said right if they're not going to be successful you're not going to be successful right if they don't think about things like change management and adoption um then 
your, your solution, right, that you're helping to bring to the table is just going to fail, right? And it's right. bad for everyone. I think this is actually a, a great um, segue here. It probably would benefit folks in our audience to, to learn a little bit more about uh, Unvired and your role and, and what the company does and, and who you guys serve and, and help. So talk a little bit about uh, Unvired. Sure. So Unwired is a Houston headquartered um, uh, company. Our customers are uh, mainly in the US and Canada. We also have customers in Europe, Australia, New Zealand. So pretty global customer base. Uh, what do we do? We, uh, we focus on doing three or four things within the digital space. So we, we do the, um, you know, the mobile apps and the web apps, right, which is kind of laying the foundation for digital. And then we add layers to that whole digital thing where we do projects involving artificial intelligence, machine learning, chatbots, um, digital forms. And very recently we have introduced a new product and which fits in with one of the trends we are seeing is, and that product is called Turbo Apps and that is enables low code application development. So it enables people like you and me, this is what, what is termed by Gartner as a citizen developer yeah. to build apps fast. So that's what we do just to summarize web apps, mobile apps, and a low code platform along with chatbots and AI ML. Now, are you doing both the, on the, on the platform and the, the enabling technology side to build applications? You talked about the turbo apps, but also some of the services to actually design and build the applications themselves. Yes, absolutely. So we do provide strategy consulting where yep. we will, you know, listen to the requirements um, and then design the right solution, right? Um, and then, um, then, then we develop the solution. We have the development team, and then of course we will train and make sure it's successful. So yes, yeah, so we do provide services to build the applications. And again, we're not limited to our platform. We do have the digital platform, which is actually certified by SAP. Um, we are an SAP partner, but we don't limit ourselves. So we can build apps without our platform um, or with our platform. The important thing is to satisfy the customer, uh, you know, to solve the customer's problem. So talk a little bit about your your customers. Um, you know, some what are some of the industries you serve and, and the problems, as you said, what are, the, what are the use cases that you're seeing more prominently uh, of late? Yes, so our, our um, industry verticals are very, very industrial. So our customers are in oil and gas, chemicals, mining, utilities, right? We don't do so much financial services retail. Yep. So hardcore industrial, chemicals, another vertical. So that's our vertical strength, right? Uh, CPG also. Um, and what was your second part of the question? Uh, some of the use cases. So what are yeah. some of the problems that, that your customers are trying to solve uh, with digital? Yeah, so our strength and our um, use cases, the ones that we have implemented the most or mobilized the most are in um, direct store delivery. And I think you guys have experience yep. with that. So the guy or the, 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 the gal going and selling Coke and beer and you know going to the stores and so that whole process. So we mobilize that whole process of van sales, if you will. Um, that's one area, uh, direct store, mobile direct store delivery. Um, even a bigger strength for us is the asset management area, right? So, you know, you have, um, so imagine you're on the oil rig and I'm giving you a real example, right? So we have a customer in the oil and gas business in Canada and Houston. Um, so they have the rig managers and they have to inspect the, you know, equipment on the rig, maintain the equipment on the rig to make sure that the rig is up and running. So, you know, we build mobile apps for them that they're using on, for example, uh, both iOS and Windows tablets. And the app, the data that they collect, it integrates back with SAP, right? Because uh, building an app without integration uh, with backend systems in the enterprise really has no value. So, so those are some of the two biggest use cases, again, mobile direct store delivery and asset, mobile asset management. 
And how long has Unvired um, been operating? When, when did you start it? Uh, nine years ago. So we were incorporated in Texas in 2012. Okay. And how did you get started? So talk a little bit, Alok, about your kind of personal journey, right? Um, you know, one of the things we, you know, we call the show Frontline Innovators, right? And I think it's, it's about, you know, people inside and outside organizations who are trying to kind of drive innovation. But I also think it's helpful for the audience to understand what was your path to kind of get there, right? How did you get interested in this, in this opportunity, in this space, right? Um, you know, how did you become CEO of Unvired? Sure. So, uh, I came to the U.S. to do my master's in chemical engineering, and so I do have a technical background. Um, then I quickly, um, not quickly, well, after finishing that, I went to Texas A&M um, to got my MBA. And there, I was very fortunate being in Houston, um, got a chance to work with the NASA Johnson Space Center yeah. uh, to transfer technologies to the, um, the commercial sector, right, so that the taxpayer money was used, uh, you know, wisely. So that's what got me interested. So met a lot of you know, inventors at NASA here at JSC in Houston. And so that, that gave me the innovation invention bug, right? Because working about three years with these very smart people and seeing how those technologies can translate to actually commercial success was very interesting. And then I joined, you know, the usual thing, consulting with KPMG. Uh, but my big break in, in tech, and this is what really led me, was I got a break to work with SAP, the big software company in California. So I spent some time in Silicon Valley that even added more to the whole innovation yeah. fire, if you will, right? And then came back to Houston. And that's when, you know, some of us got together and we saw that, you know, the trend towards mobile and we were all SAP, ex-SAP folks. So we banded together and formed Unwired in, in, in 2012. Yeah, and what was the impetus to kind of focus on, on kind of frontline opportunities? Well, uh, you know, serendipity, I guess. Yeah. Our first customers, were in this area of, uh, they wanted to, I guess, think about 10 years ago when mobile was still in its infancy, yep. the biggest, the bang for the buck was for the field service worker, right? Yep. Not for the office worker. Yep. So I think it was natural that the field, that given that we were doing mobile, that field service opportunities came our way, we found an early success and then we just kind of built on that. Yeah, I think it's very interesting, Alok. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you've noticed this, but having been in the mobile space for, for, for so long myself is, you know, it seemed that, like you said, there was a big bang for the buck from a frontline worker standpoint when it came to kind of mobile. Uh, so those kind of first iterations of kind of mobile and digital solutions. And then it seemed there was a big shift toward kind of the knowledge worker base, right? And kind of the whole consumerization of IT and, and mobility. And now it seems like we're now at a second wave for the frontline, digitizing the frontline. It's almost like playing catch up again on the frontline. So it's opened up a whole nother set of opportunities there. Absolutely. And I just to kind of add to that. So for example, one of the big um, extensions of the, of the field service worker we are seeing is in the area of work permits, right? Yeah. So up till now it was mobilized for inspections and for maintenance. And now we are getting a lot of inquiries about, hey, can you digitize my work permit, which again is a part of the asset management process, right? Before you inspect or repair something, you have to make sure it's, it's, it's ready to operate, right? It's locked out and, and isolated and all that. So, yeah, so now, now that mobilization is coming down to another use case, a big one is work permits. So from, from mobile app for inspections, maintenance, now on to work permits and, and, and safety forms. So it just keeps extending. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's great. That's great. So, uh, Alok, what do you like to do outside of, of, you know, I'm sure you don't spend all your time as a CEO. I'm sure you spend a lot of time, you know, dealing with the business and, and with technology. But what are some of your passions outside of, uh, of, of work? Right. So I love to read and, uh, and especially when I was, uh, you know, in my younger days. Um, so a big fan of English literature, um, the English poets, Keats, uh, Wordsworth and all that. And also, uh, you know, literature, John Steinbeck was one of my good favorite authors reading and then in sports you know tennis is a big um, you know passion of mine i love um, rafa nadal and before that it used to be you know um, borg uh, but now rafa and then also cricket coming having you know being coming from india you know um, cricket is also a sport that interests me greatly and it and i and i still always compare it with baseball you know because yeah. they are so similar yeah I'm sure you get to play more tennis than you do cricket these days, though, right? In, 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 in here in uh, in Texas, right? So that's true. Yeah, um, and you know, Raf is one of my favorites to watch. He's just incredible. Hopefully, he'll you know stay healthy. That's been his biggest issue. So right. Um, so let's go back. I'd love to kind of dial us back. We've talked about a lot of things already. Um, you know, one of the things I'd love to kind of come back to is you talked about this greater awareness. Uh, you know, when we talk about the challenges, you talked about the challenge of, of adoption and training. And it was very interesting. You've kind of made this distinction between there's training and there's change management, right? So talk a little bit about, because a lot of times people associate them, say, you know, kind of think about them both as one and the same. So how do you differentiate training from change management? What are the elements that it would incorporate change management, particularly as we're talking about digital solutions in the frontline work, workforce? Right, so I think training really is a part of an overall yep. change management plan. That's how we look at it. So if you think of change management, OCM, uh, you're looking at, starts with leadership, right? I mean, right from the CEO to the vice president, everybody has to be committed to uh, something they're trying to change, right? The process, and that's why the, uh, digitalization is happening. So I think it starts from leadership. Um, very important component of change management is communication, right? To all stakeholders, right? Uh, you know, to all your employees, to your, uh, you know, even to your maybe board members, investors, if, if the money spent is significant. And of course, to the, you know, even to your vendors, right? Uh, communication has to be key. That's what we find. And then of course, you know, the training angle to it, extremely important. Um, and uh, what we also find is, you know, um, getting the buy-in from everybody up front. Um, and I think these are the key pillars of change management. Then, of course, there are some, you know, you, you can keep diving. But I think communication is probably the single most important thing that stands to me, that stands, you know, that stands out rather. And, of course, the training and the user adoption. How are we going to ensure the success? You know, how do you measure the pre-project uh, pre and the post-project, identifying those KPIs, to make sure that you know you can then at the end of the project say hey this was a success or what were the learnings so i think those um, uh, and i think that those kpis come from the stakeholders right so i think it's you have to work with different stakeholders uh, and to come up with a change management plan so it, it's very interesting i mean we we hear this we've heard this very often we've been doing this change management uh, series as as part of a podcast and the communication element obviously is is a critical one we've continued to hear that over and over you know one of the things that you know, is, is, might be challenging, right? Is that sometimes it's very hard to, to communicate with frontline workforces, right? They're, they're, you know, in, in many ways, they have been left behind when it comes to that core communication thing. And we've, we've worked with customers who, you know, they don't even have email, 
right on their right. devices, right? They've been given an app and it's like, this is the app and that's what you do. And there is very little way to kind of collaborate, communicate with them. What are some of the best practices you've seen or how are companies trying to overcome that particular hurdle? Yeah, so one of the things we are finding people, uh, you know, so yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't have emails. A lot of times the field service worker is actually a contractor to yeah. a company. And we're talking thousands of, especially in the oil and gas, you know, people who are doing the inspections typically is contracted out. And so one of the ways we are doing is uh, the, the mobile app really helps because you can send notifications. So we can use, you know, the Apple and Google, uh, uh, you know, notification platform to send notifications. That's one way we are communicating through text messaging for people who don't have email. I think that's, and it really works out well, especially with the millennials. And, and I think we are all used to now text and notifications. So that's something when we, even when we build an app, you know, customers are asking us, hey, uh, can you email something and also send a push notification? So I think um, that push notification is, is extremely important. And also, I think what we are also pushing customers to more and more uh, is, hey, let's let's go beyond the usual videos and documentation. Let's go with a training platform, right? You have a mobile platform to develop apps. How about a training platform? And you know, that training platform typically has elements uh, of chat, for example, yeah. right? Um, and, and it's mobile first. So think about it. If a company, and maybe Skillful may have something there, uh, if a company has a training platform and it has chat inbuilt, right? And it is, uh, you know, giving you uh, access to videos and, 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 and email, also um, and a way to for communication i think i think a, a good uh, a, a next gen training platform could serve a valuable communication tool also yeah well that was uh, you you mentioned skillful and in, in, in our platform uh at skillful is you're absolutely right is one of the things that we learned very quickly as i said because a lot of these frontline workers didn't have those capabilities already right they didn't have either you know, uh, collaboration tools or even email that we had to build kind of notification capability directly into the platform, right? Uh, because it became the only way to to communicate nice. with those those users as well. So, yeah, I, I agree. Now, talk a little bit about you know the, the you know from the frontline worker perspective. Obviously, you guys that's exclusively who you're focused on, right? The industrial space and frontline workers. Talk a little bit about their frustrations, right? I mean, I think that's one of the things that when we implement new technology, it causes maybe frustration and, and anxiety for those workers. What have you observed in terms of what are the things that that they are maybe fearful of when it comes to adopting new technology? Yes, and especially, you know, in our industries, the field service worker is working in very, very critical environments, right? Think of an oil rig, right? If the rig goes down, or if something blows up, you know, people are going to die. So safety is extremely important. So there is, I think, a, a natural tendency to resist the move away from paper, right? Because they've been doing this for, and paper is always there. It can be filed, documented, it's there, right? You can see it. So I think that was one challenge that we found initially was uh, how do we get these papers? Um, and some of the people also in the oil rigs uh, were of, you know, of an older generation also. So there was some of it, though they adopted very well, but initially there was, they were not, you know, typically an oil rig with experience, you won't find a millennial doing it, right? So these people are not used to playing with mobile phones and then texting and notifications. So I think there was some of that, uh, the, just the demographics of the population. And secondly, the, um, the fact is, hey, I'm comfortable with paper and, uh, you know, uh, how do I now, and if you want me to move, please, you know, enable me, you know, make it easy for me, make the, the big thing is user experience, the employee experience, the user experience. So once the first, I'll give you a real example. The first time we had designed an app, 
you know, we were told that, you know, this has a little too, you know, maybe a couple of X, too many screens can reduce the number of fields. And this is years ago, right? When everything was new. And we quickly realized that the frontline worker has to do a lot of things in a compressed time in a highly stressful environment, right? In our industries. And so we, the, the app has to be very simple. The screens have to be lesser. The taps have to be minimized. Uh, you know, so the design of the application has to be beautiful. I mean, you know, th that word is used a lot if when you talk about app design. Mm. So we quickly realized that it has to be a beautiful user experience, simplified user experience. I think that is the biggest challenge. And also when you add on new features, make sure there's a way to communicate. Um, and so that the worker is aware that this is the new feature and how I use it. So is that constant, uh, constant training, if you will, that's another big challenge. Yeah, I'd love to kind of come back to that um, as well. I, I do want to pick up on kind of this, the concept of, of designing, right? You know, uh, improving that user experience for these workers. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I would say that, listen, you know, we have this tendency to, to, to think that, you know, mobile applications are so simple and intuitive and anybody can just pick up a device and, and, and use it is because that's what we've, we've kind of become accustomed to when we pick up our, our iPhone or our Android device. And, you know, they're very simple, intuitive apps, right. With, with fairly limited functionality, but when it comes to some of these use cases that you've described, right. I mean, there's a lot that goes into those applications. So, you know, how do you strike the balance between, you know, serving the needs of the business, right? Which, you know, with a business with a big B, right? Which is, hey, I need my work. I need to capture all this information, right? I need to get them all this information versus the needs of the, the user, right? Which is how do we simplify? Talk about that, you know, because I think it's probably a, a constant battle between, you know, trying to strike a balance between those things. Yeah, so... You know, so we focus, well, first we focus on the design, we talk about it, but then we do certain things that are abstracted from the user, so they don't have to worry. So for example, one of them is the way we handle offline, right? So let's say there's the user on the oil rig and yeah. you know, connectivity is there, great. And suddenly they go to a part of the oil rig where there's bad connectivity because this could be some, some, you know, some place out wild uh, west in, the, in Texas where connectivity is really bad. So the way we've done it is the offline works is that let's say the worker is doing their work, right? They can finish their work and not worry about it. And whenever they are back in a range where there's connectivity, the data, the, all the work they have done, the data they have put on their tablet or phone is synced up back to SAP or SharePoint directly, right? So we are taking away the complexity from them. They're not worried about, oh, do, do I, am I online? Am I not online? Yeah. All those things. They have been told, here is the app, you've been trained. Do your work. Don't worry about any other issue. Similarly, what we do is to enable data downloads fast because that is another frustration. In, a, in one case, you know, we are, as you said, we're talking of documents, right? And PNIDs and diagrams. And sometimes this can take, you know, uh, maybe more than a minute to download. That is frustrating for the user, as you know. More than three seconds, I myself got turned away, right? Yeah. Three or four seconds is the rule. So what we have done is, so we basically at the back end, we simplify the data transfer. We compact the data so that the data transfer happens in seconds, what would have taken a minute. So these are the things that we do that ensures that the user experience is simple. They don't get frustrated, but there are, but there are a lot of things that we are doing in the, in the backend with our platform, right? So whether it's offline, whether it's compressing data, making times fast response, things like that. And how are you, you know, so how do you kind of go through and, and test that user experience with workers themselves? Kind of what's the process that you guys uh, take at Unvired? 
Yeah, so the at the enterprise, you know, apps typically, you know, you design and there's a design phase, a blueprint phase, you develop the app, then we do our own integration testing, and then it comes to that user acceptance testing, UAT, right? Where yeah. it's the customer. So typically what we find is customers will, you know, identify maybe 10 uh, 10 early users and they are given the app to play with and and they make sure that all the edge cases are also you know tested by these users so it's that and the feedback we get from the users from the customer users during the UAT period we take it back and there are always you know some bugs in software initially we tweak that and some frequently people come up with some minor enhancements right also major but you know you but we like to limit the customer wants to limit it to minor enhancements so typically we get the minor enhancements we iron out the bugs and then typically this lasts about maybe two to four weeks depending on the complexity of the app and then the app goes into production or life yeah. You, the other thing you mentioned uh, that I wanted to come back to was this this concept. You made a mention of, you know, when you're adding new features, updating new features, the ability to make to communicate with users, make sure they're aware of it, make sure they're trained on those. You know, one of the things that I, I, I've observed is I think companies, you know, have, have historically been reluctant, particularly in the enterprise space, particularly in the industrial enterprise space to make changes to applications, right? You know, there was this kind of notion, we're gonna build it, we're gonna put it out there, it's gonna live the, you know, for several years, we're not even gonna touch it. Um, has that changed? Have you, see, have you seen that change? Are companies now moving toward faster iteration? I mean, certainly we've seen that trend overall in enterprise, but as I said, I think in this segment, it seems to have been lagging. Are you seeing that change now? Yes, especially in our world of mobile apps, um, absolutely. So, you know, customers are, are, are basically uh, wanting to do it in iterative steps, iterations. Let's get the first one out there. And we're not talking six-month projects. Typically, we're talking two-month mobile application okay. projects, the first phase, and then maybe an incremental phase of two weeks. But yeah, it's like, let's, let's go, go to market very, very quickly, definitely. So that adds that additional level of complexity to the change management element as well. I mean, how have you seen companies ad adapt to that? So I think uh, uh, typically what we find is um, companies are, you know, adopt, take the train the trainer approach, right? So they identify a super user, if you will. And that is also how they have also done with other apps, uh, right? So, and then these super users get trained um, and they become the voice of their, you know, the larger employee base. And, and that's how they kind of roll out the applications. We take a, you know, a super user or train the trainer approach. Yeah, yeah. Are you seeing customers looking you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, training platforms, technology, you know, you, you, you made mention of earlier is like, hey, you're using mobile applications, you should be thinking about mobile kind of training tools and, and platforms. Are you seeing a shift to that or companies becoming more aware of, 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 of the, the availability of those kind of tools? They are beginning to get aware. Right. Yeah. I think they are beginning to express a need for, you know, you know uh, the change management and they want us to give a detailed user adoption training plan. So they know that's very important. Right. But I think we still need to educate them about, hey, that if you were to use a training platform, yes, there would be some initial upfront costs like everything else. Right. Some content building, um, some some, uh, you know, maybe some cost for the platform. But we like to sit down and tell them, listen, look at the pros and cons, the cost benefit. And, you know, you should really look at uh, training platforms and, and not just rely on, um, because it's not sustainable, you know, uh, making videos, making uh, documentation is fine if the app would never change, right? But the reality is 
the very next month, people want enhancement, it changes. So you need a living platform, if you will. And then that's what we are telling our customers. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, you know, on the one side, you've got the technology is changing. The other side, you've got the workforce is constantly changing, yes. as you mentioned, with the, you know, sure. high, high turnover. You talk a little bit about the turnover and, and onboarding and, you know, and, and you also mentioned contractors, right? So companies are, you know, often, you know, supplementing their own, you know, workforce with contractors. How, how are how are companies kind of dealing with that that onboarding issue? Yes. So let's look at the um, contractor piece first, the onboarding, right? So I don't know, this question can be answered in various ways. So one of the onboarding ways customers handle contractors differently from employees is the authentication, right? Yeah. So if you're an employee, you're typically authenticated against Active Directory, right? Mm -hmm. or, or because, you know, they all have, any, they all have a, a company account. If you're with contractors, we find it's email IDs and passwords being used. So, so again, from, from an onboarding perspective, it all starts with a different authentication process, right? How, as far as usage of the application also uh, is different because employees, uh, enterprises can tell their employees to download a mobile app, right? Hey, we've got this great app developed for you, download it, whether it's through their public store, private store, but hey, we want the app on your phone, right? So, so that's how you distribute the app. When it comes to contractors, especially with the oil and gas, you're maybe looking at 500 contractors, you know, 500 or even thousand contractors are not, you're not going to tell them download the app because the contractor could be working for you today, maybe not tomorrow. And so how do you then give them the app? So with that, we give them a URL, a link. And so they use the app using a URL link versus the employee who's using a, you know, a downloaded mobile app. So there's, you know, those are some differences in onboarding, if you will, from a onboarding process, right? Um, I don't know if that's, that just gives you a flavor of how it's deployed differently, for example. Yep, yep. So, uh, you know, I want to talk about things you've seen that companies have done. When we talk about, you know, digital transformation, um, you know, again, we, we often, companies often have a very, you know, hopeful view of, of, of what, you know, the technology can do there for their organization. Um, and you've obviously, we've talked a lot about change management and, and how that imp impacts the success or failure. So maybe take us through, what have you seen as, you know, what have, what are the best practices or elements of a successful deployment, right? You talked about the challenge of deployment and change management. What are the, what are kind of, or more importantly, what are kind of the things that you've seen that say, hey, if you do this, I could see it coming. It's going to lead to failure. Yeah. So I think the, um, a few points stand out, right? Um, first of all, we have found that projects that are really successful are um, when we have an executive sponsor on the customer side, somebody is vested in the success of the project, right? And uh, so they and uh, and they nominate a, a project manager therein. We have communication is always the key. We have weekly meetings. Anything you know um, which is kind of maybe going off track is 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 um, is identified and flagged early. And it's all because of that communication, right? There is trust between the customers are looking at the vendor as more as a partner, right? than just, hey, you know, I gave you these specs and here's the money and you build it. So I think that relationship with the vendor really uh, is, very, it really impacts the success of any project. Uh, so I think, um, and then of course, do you have the right elements in place, right? Um, was, did, did somebody upfront think about, hey, yeah, this app is good, but who are the users, right? The audience, uh, what, is their, um, what is their skill level and how are they going to be trained? 
right? And has anybody thought of a change management plan, right? Um, are we going to communicate? What? Why? Why are we doing this, right? Uh, and and then how are we doing this? How will we measure the success? So I think companies that do all all of this, we are we find that um, you know our projects go are more successful. And when you've seen them go awry, you know what's kind of been the number one, number two factor that has kind of led to you know, unsuccessful uh, initiatives? I think the biggest thing is when the field worker stops using the app, yeah. then it really goes south. And and there can be many reasons why they don't use the app, right? It could be that, um, you know, their experience is really bad. The app was not designed well, or it was designed well, but but their input was not taken, right? So the app was designed beautifully, but the requirement was given maybe from a from a desk worker, from an office worker, right? Who thought they knew the requirements? The, the field worker wasn't really involved. I think that's where the biggest thing is when there is a gap between the app delivered and the expectations of the end user, the field worker. Yeah, I mean, we talk about you. Know, there's all these links in the chain, right? That need to be put together to ensure successful deployment and that user adoption, right? The, the frontline worker is the last link in the chain, but if that one, just like any other link in the chain fails, the whole, the whole thing um, collapses. Um, so I think that's a great point. And, and I, you know, I think you just raised a good issue is, you know, we, you know, this is kind of ultimately why one of the, the reasons when we, we, you know, kind of created skillful is we had heard from, from customers, um, that they had no idea. First of all, some of them just didn't even have an idea of what adoption looked like for their frontline workers. And then some of them discovered, like you said, that, well, they're not using, right? Or 50% are using it, or they're not using it consistently. But the big issue is they had no idea why, right? So, you know, determining that, like you said, is it a user experience issue? Is it, were they not, was it not communicated correctly? Were they not tra trained effectively? I think that's a that's a great point. Um, so this has been a great discussion. I I I, I want to wrap this up a little bit by asking you, um, kind of a, a a bit of a fun question. So first of all, like I find it fascinating that you you know you went to school initially for chemical engineering and you spent your entire career in technology. It's very similar. I I went to school for English and economics, and like you, studied the English Romantic poets. And uh, I've spent my entire career in technology. It's funny oh, wow. how that works out that way. But one of the things I like to ask is you've, you've been in technology for a long time now. What is it that you love about working in technology? And what is it that you hate about it or like less? Let's put it that way. So the, the one thing that I love most about technology is that we are solving uh, you know, problems of customers, right? And it's intellectually, intellectually um, stimulating because you know, you're solving problems and also very gratifying because at the end of the day, somebody's happy and they say, hey, you know, great guys, uh, great job unwired, you know, um, you know, look, you've, you've made my sales team more effective or made my uh, inspection processes safer, right? Um, and we get those emails, right, frequently, um, you know, so that's really, that, so that's, that's the one thing that really drives me and makes me happy is customer success. And also at the same time, our employee, uh, growth, because when we deliver these projects, frequently we have to uh, read and learn, right? The technology changes so fast. Yeah. And uh, we and so we are keeping up with the new frameworks coming up, the mobile development, whether it's on the back end, integration technologies. Um, and so SAP is bringing out new stuff all the time. So it's the employee learning and development and the customer uh, uh, delight. That that's really um, fuels me. And, and what, fr what frustrates you on the on the flip side of that? 
what frustrates me is yes sometimes i think that the pace of digital could even be faster right <laughs> because we talk to customers and you know i think this is no secret sometimes things get bogged down between the business and it yeah. and i've seen that you know um uh, that slows things down right instead of everybody marching to the same um, uh, sheet of music people are kind of you know uh, pulling a little bit apart and so that's sometimes but i think that's that's even true in a family but that's something i you know i wish uh, that the, the different stakeholders could come closer and align with the company vision and execute digital fast yeah i mean i think that's interesting particularly on the vendor side when you're on the vendor side right you're very much focused on yeah we can get it done and i've always found is like you know we've always had that question is you know in the past is well how fast can you move it's like we can move as fast as you guys can right that's not right. the issue right we right. <laughs> we can deliver as fast as you want us to so that that's great uh alok this has been a um a wonderful discussion so just uh, i want to kind of let folks know where they can find you linkedin uh a lock pant that's the best place to kind of reach you if, if folks want to learn more about unvired learn more about you talk to you about their upcoming initiatives is that a good place to get you yes linkedin is the best place i'm on it every day yep and uh the company website is unvired u-n-v-i-r-e-d.com um yep. and they can also check out your product uh chimebot there as well yep. um so Alok, I really want to thank you for uh, coming on the program. This has been a great discussion. Um, obviously, you really care about not only the technology, but serving the needs of, of this workforce that, 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 that this whole program is about. So thanks for your insights today. And um, I'm sure our guests are going to uh, love, uh, love, love listening to it. So thanks again. Gene, thank you for having me. Really enjoyed our conversation and uh, looking forward to some more conversations down the road. Yeah, exactly. So uh, for those listening, I hope you found this conversation uh, as enjoyable as I have. If so, please share and rate the podcast. Five-star ratings help ensure that it gets promoted to other professionals like you that are innovating on the front lines. And a friendly reminder, this podcast is sponsored by Skillful the mobile digital adoption for deskless and frontline workers. You can visit the Skillful website at skyllful.com. And if you or someone you know is out there innovating on the front lines, we'd love to hear about it. Please reach out to me on LinkedIn and share your story. See you on our next episode.